rifling through those long boxes and bagging those books. Welcome to your home for Star Wars comics. This is the Cosmic Force Podcast, a Utini Podcast Network production. And now, here are your hosts, Tyler Reganti, Emma Park, Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob Bosch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 48 of the Cosmic Force. I have no idea what we're doing tonight because we are having all sorts of fun uh, tech issues prior to the show. But assuming it all works out, we are talking High Republic Adventures Volume 2, the trade paperback tonight. Um, Very interesting. Probably, the uh, Caleb said in in our pre-show, probably the most interesting uh roundtable that we will get into and and i want to go ahead we'll, we'll go ahead and get into that more in just a second uh but let's go ahead and sit start saying hi to everybody like we normally do and emma how are you doing tonight doing good thank you hey everybody um yeah it's um it's gonna be an interesting roundtable i was saying before the show uh that i'm really excited to talk about it for a variety of reasons you know some some good, some okay, but uh, any night we're talking about Higher Public is a good night. So looking forward to it. Absolutely, yes, this was a lot of fun. Uh, but Caleb, so so what exactly? Uh, remind me what you said in in our in our group Slack message earlier today that this was. I couldn't remember your exact terminology. Uh, what did I exactly say? Uh, essentially, what I was getting at is this volume has, you know five issues five various issues but it has eight different stories it's trying to tell in this uh, whole uh, kerfuffle here so it's um <laughs> there's a lot going on here this might be one of the most like hair pulling experiences i've ever had trying to write these notes here especially because it wasn't on my normal thing on the uh marvel unlimited uh you know there might be a little fun vitriol here, here towards the end but that's good because idw can't uh can't you know withhold publication from us anymore that's right. Yes. Uh, shout out to Emma for assisting Caleb and being able to 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 read this and re- and review this. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jacob. Uh, you know, oh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all I'm saying was that you assisted. That's that, that's that's yeah. we're gonna leave it at that. Who right? knows? Yeah, yes. I, I read it to him out loud like a bedtime story. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, we well, let's check in with Jacob. Uh, Jacob, did I see you? You got the little uh, the light of the Jedi pin. That you, it's did I it's just, a higher public Jedi pin. I yes. finally hold on. Uh, oh, nice. I finally got my copy well. of Midnight Horizon in. This I, I ordered it from a local bookstore so I can get it signed by Justine Ireland. It is not the bookstore's nice. fault that it came in late. I, like I don't blame that on them at all. They just it they got their shipment of the books well after the book actually came out. So it had took a little took its time getting here, but I read it in January, so you know, you know, not not a big deal uh that i had to wait for it but yeah um but still got it because we're collectors correct correct you know i have to have them all i now have everything well i still you know i'm waiting for edge of balance volume two obviously that's the only one that i don't have because uh, it doesn't it doesn't exist yet i've read it it doesn't <laughs> exist yet though i just uh, hit pre-order on it on amazon i think like an hour ago i'm kind of hoping I, like i kind of want to like tweet at uh djo and see if he's like doing a signed run through octavia books or something because that's the only he's the only author i don't have a signature from at this point i have every single and, other one over here and for as crazy as a story as as that edge of balance volume two has gotten i would probably i'm not normally a manga fan collector and like but oh we lost his Uh-oh. audio 
This was this was the <laughs> this is what Tyler. we were talking about. Tyler, okay, hold on. Oh, he's still going. Oh well. Uh oh. I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure he's saying something great. He's he's, he's pointing and, and gesticulating. He's got some great points. He's uh. You'll find it saying, out eventually. Um, he's saying that he's really excited for volume two. Oh. All right, there we go. Oh, are you? Oh, you? Am I back? Okay. Oh, yes. So, okay. like I said, <laughs> connection, audio connection issues abound tonight. So, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. We are a Star Wars comics podcast that broadcasts live right here on youtube.com slash utini every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. If you can't join us live, that is perfectly fine because we are also on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. We are also part of the Utini podcast network of shows and a Discord channel at utini.com slash discord with more than 1,000 members and dozens of channels to choose from. Uh, the TV show's channel was very popular today. Oh, no. Yep. Um, Moon Knight uh, is what he was talking about. Have any of you three seen Moon Knight yet? I have not seen I Moon, know, Moon Knight not. yet. I'm going to do that after the show. Jacob, if you throw it to me, I'll pick up right where he oh, left off okay. if I can, if I right. can find it. Let's see. Yeah, so Discord channel, um, utini.com slash Discord. Uh, and it's got more than 1,000 members. Again, channels popping off. Uh, if you like, if you like what you see and you want to say thanks, then head over to our Patreon channel at patreon.com/utini, where for as little as five dollars a month, you can gain exclusive access to the entire Utini podcast network of shows, as well as exclusive merch and community involvement activities. And uh, this is the part where I throw it to myself to talk about our new patrons. And, and I'll uh, take it away. I will take it away. So we do not have any new patrons this week however we do have one patron who moved up a tier chris carrizo i'm sorry if i said that wrong chris carrizo i think i said that correctly uh moved up a tier so thank you chris we really appreciate it um your support and all of our patron support allow us to do awesome stuff like this and like celebration coming up so thank you very much jacob uh what do we have in the weekly pull list we have just one comic this week. Uh, it's Bounty Hunters 21, uh, The Corellia Gambit, uh, written by Ethan Sachs with pencils by Paolo Vilnelli. The cover is by Giuseppe Camoncoli. The colorist is Brian Valenza, and the letterer is Travis Lanham. So only one this week. Uh, if you want to pick it up, you can, of course, use the link in the description to get a copy from Comixology. Yeah. Am I back? Sure, we... You are back. He's back. Hey, I was just about to say, back. back. For now, <laughs> who knows how long I'm going to be back. Um, That's okay. If, if you drop out again, I'll just I'll just pick it back up and we'll yeah, wave our yeah, hands. Well, you know what? <laughs> Luckily, we've been doing this for so long that we can pick up. Uh, we know exactly how to how to pick up when these audio issues oh, yeah, totally. come in. So. Right. For sure. We're professionals. Yeah. We are absolutely. absolutely professionals. So uh, let's go ahead and get into what we're loving here. And um, Kate, so... There's a there's a section here. We were talking about this in the chat, but my this that was one of the times that my audio went out. So, um, I am going to go ahead. Caleb, did, did you put this in the this in, in the notes? This yeah. This is Jacob. Okay, then Jacob, why don't you go ahead and give this explanation here? Yeah. So I, you know, I, I like any you know mid twenties white dude. I spent a lot of time on Reddit, uh, and uh, there's a Star Wars R slash <laughs> Star Wars comics. It's a pretty small subreddit. I honestly don't like almost any Star Wars subreddit, but this one's pretty decent. Um, and uh, High Republic, shout outs to r slash High Republic, it's cool too. Uh, but anyways, uh, this one, uh, someone posted that apparently there's like a forum, comics forum, that every year like gets fans to like do uh, votes for potential omnibus collections from Marvel. 
So you like email in your ballot, like with your top 10, they, it's like a ranked choice ballot. And then they collect all those, send them to this, um, near mint conditions, which is a YouTube channel, which like has like more access to like a publisher from a publishing standpoint than I've ever seen. Like the dude, like it's a YouTube channel, just a guy by himself that like unveils new, new publications and new omnibuses. Like dude's legit. Uh, so he takes all of those and then sends them to Marvel's editorial team to, you know, it's where it's not going to be like, hey, number one gets printed, but it's at least it gives them an idea of what we want. Uh, so I found it on Reddit uh, and um, I sent my own ballot in. Uh, so I thought it'd be a fun exercise for all of us to come up with our hypothetical omnibus. Basically, you know, if you could if you could have one omnibus uh made by marvel what would it be some some good examples that i saw were star wars 15 volume 2 because they only the jason aaron run is collected so there's still like 40 issues that haven't been collected uh poe dameron is like one of the most highly requested star wars omnibuses of all time uh there's stuff like that you know just yeah where where do we think there's a gap in the publish the omnibus publishing uh yeah does anyone have any anyone's off the top of their head i can start the one if we need to i'll start the okay. one that you already said it and it's definitely the one that i think it has a huge gap around it is the poe dameron one not only is there a huge gap because it's not That's there nice but one. it's also because there's nothing else in the canon that really tackles that era so it's really nice to see that representation of the the sequel era essentially so i would like to see some more love put into that so maybe we can get some more comics out of that one um other than that uh you know it would be nice to have like as we might get into it now maybe a, a nice uh a high republic adventures omnibus you know so we can have everything together or even just a whole high republic together that'd mm-hmm. be cool too yeah, my, my thought with that was like, because one of the suggestions, like the dude on Reddit is like, here's some Star Wars suggestions you could send in. And they're like, just all the High Republic comics. And I'm just assuming that, you know, with some of them being published by IDW, that's just not feasible. So my, my, my hope for a while has been a High Republic Phase 1 Marvel omnibus. That's just all 15 issues of the main series, Trail of Shadows and Eye of the Storm all together. And, but it would could have what i really would want is the white spine to match all the trade paperbacks so they pop yeah. just like those because the normal ones are black so i feel like that's going to come it, uh, it has to be i mean like they sold right. so incredibly well you'd expect it to uh, to be the case and you know what uh 20 22 issues i mean that's not it, it's a decent size but nothing too insane like i think it's 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 a right in the right it's a nice happy middle mm-hmm. so all good options it's hard else? for it's hard for me to 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 claim an omni because prior to 20 I'm not as as well versed in 26 in in the old Marvel or the Dark Horse stuff um to say what is missing and I know there's a lot of omnis out there there's a lot of lot of collections out there um so so maybe maybe something that is the definitive start of 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 that time period because I feel like there's like there's a whole bunch of I mean even even in your messages in 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 the Slack where with what you're reading you're like oh I started doing this and then I went into legacy and then it took a detour into this other sub genre of legacy um so that's that that's that's kind of where where I go with this is is somewhere that is like if you want to get into this stuff this is the definitive place to start 
just like Utini does with our guides. If you want to start in the, the War of the Bounty Hunters, this is where you start. If you want to start with uh, the Old Republic, this is where you start. That's what I need. That's 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 the omnibus that I need. Yeah. I agree. I mean, um, you know, we're definitely having conversations about ways to make that easier from our end. So stay yeah. tuned for that. But um, yeah, for me, this might be a little bit of a wild card because it's not Marvel, but I would really, really love if we got a Star Wars Adventures omnibus because they are so difficult to read right now. Hint, 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 please. <laughs> I mean, my God, like, I mean, I can't complain because I have all of them because I subscribed to the series before they all went away. But now a ton of people are missing out on these great comics that are evergreen that have so much left to give. And now you can't find a place to read them unless you have them. And I don't think that's good. So I would really love, you know, maybe maybe one for the, the 2015 run and then maybe once one for when it started over again, something like that. I think would be really nice. And it's got a lot of good like sequel trilogy content. And, and like uh, Caleb was saying earlier, we don't have a lot of sequel trilogy stuff in the comics. So I think that'd be a great way to, to include some more eras, some more stories and to make it more accessible, please. Amazon pretty please. So follow up to that, follow up to that, Emma. Yeah. Do you want those stories in release order or do you want Ooh. them in timeline order? This is a good because question. Those, I think those stories are all run the gamut of they're of all over the right place. Now. Yeah. Oh man, I think I think it'd be really interesting to have them in timeline order just as a as a way to read them from a new perspective. Like if I were if I were Trev, right? And I was like a little bit timeline crazy, I would like put them all into a PDF and like arrange them myself, right? But like I'm not that person. Um, <laughs> I love that he is. And Trev, you know, if you want to work on that, like send me, send it to me, bro. But um, yeah, I, I think timeline order would be a really interesting way to do it. And I, I think that sometimes it going all over the place just causes confusion for readers, especially kids, which is who it's aimed for. So. Yeah. See, the thing with ID with at least because uh, at least the old Star Wars Adventures, I'm not sure about the 2020 run was um, that in itself was kind of a confusing publishing like how they publish the trade paperbacks because like if you're not familiar. Yeah. Most of them have like most IDW like comic book stories would be like this issue one has half of a story. And then yep. like a mini story and then half of the second half of the story in issue two and then a mini story. And it's like so when they made the trade paperback, they would it'd be like three issues together and they would take the, the two halves of the story that were across multiple issues, put them together. So it's all together and then take all the mini stories and put them at the end. So like they the it's not strictly in the way you would read them in a single issue format. So it's already kind of confusing. I don't know, like. I don't know. It, it could get even more confusing, honestly. Like, I think with that one, you really have to be like, I don't know if you take like all of the like adventures in wild space and just put them all at the end. Like, That's I, what I don't I was know. Just about I don't know say. how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because the adventures in wild space are really what can throw you off there. Um, it might be interesting to put all of those in one. Like maybe. that might be interesting or, or maybe just like put them at the end. Like you said, maybe take them out completely, but there's definitely, there needs to be a way to make it easier because these stories are a ton of fun. And I feel like a lot they, of people are missing really are. out on them either because they can't access them or because they're confusing to follow. So right. that, that, that might be a good, uh, good idea for something for you, teeny. I don't know. Mm. 
what have I got myself into? Anyways, <laughs> uh, well, so, that was a great, uh, yeah, great. You want something to to, to wrap? Oh, up I was the, gonna get, I was uh, gonna get my suggestion. Oh, yeah, come on, it's trying to skip over me. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, my suggestion. Jared's mentioned it in the chat. I want a legacy one. I've been reading that. It's mm. been a great comic. I think it's so. My my ideal would be legacy volume one, which would include all fifty issues of legacy. Um, plus the six issues of legacy war i think it's very cool that legacy legacy and old republic the comics were coming out at the same time they're basically the you know both com- both of the base series were 50 issues so it'd be very similar size it would look great on my shelf next to my old republic omnibus <laughs> uh so yeah I, w- I would really enjoy that it's a really cool story and i think like yeah jared was saying in the chat we do have some epic collections but it'd be nice to have it all in one space so that is that is my dream I feel like Legends Omnibuses just, or Omnibi, or, you know, whatever the, the plural is. I've looked into know. it before. I'm still not sure what the plural is. Yeah, it, that, that, that kind of tracks. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I think that Legends Omnibi kind of just make Legends comics easier to read. Not that I've ever read one before, because they're mm-hmm. too expensive. And I, per, per, you know, I prefer the digital reading experience. But, you know, as someone that has tried to get into Legends comics and has failed multiple times, I think that something like that would make it easier just to have it all in one space. Yeah, you it's know? definitely it's, like uh, it's crazy. It's a crazy world. Yeah, it's really easy, to, you know, with a with an Epic collection or an omnibus just to open it and then just start reading rather than like Marvel Unlimited. It's like, OK, well, it's this series, but do I need like this other series? Yeah. Like, you know, where what goes where? <laughs> you know, are there like a one shots that I'm missing somewhere? It like, are there annuals? With a trip to the Wook. Yeah, because yes. a- annuals of Marvel Unlimited are their own separate series, so they don't like naturally slot in where they're supposed to. So that's great to know for the future. I did mm-hmm. not know that yep. at all. <laughs> oh God, why? Uh, fun, why? Fun, oh, even 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 more fun fact for Darth Vader specifically for like the canon Marvel stuff, because um, normally it's like Star Wars 2015, the Star Wars 2015 annuals for Darth Vader for some reason. Uh, I think uh, Kieran Gillen and Charles Soule's series, their annuals are in the same entry, the same series. Oh, huh. so, yeah. yeah, they um, I don't know. I don't understand the logic, but okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't think we're supposed to at this point. Nope. <laughs> You know how you solve that? You just read them as they come out. Like just, just yeah. uh, you know, I know, I know we can't do that with legends anymore. But just read, read, read the 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 single issues, and and then you 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 know what you're getting when when buy it all, just buy it all, yeah. And That's the omnibus exactly. when it comes out, the singles, the trade paperbacks, and the omnibuses. Yeah, you hey, have to be if, like almost a millionaire to do that. <laughs> if you don't own multiple versions of the same media, are you even a Star Wars fan? I mean, come on. <laughs> Every single one of shelf. us. <laughs> yeah, I felt that to my core. Oh my god! Has at least one. Actually, I'd probably even say at least half a dozen repeat. Uh, I books, mean, something. Eric's 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 room for his his podcast setup behind him. Each shelf has three copies of the same book, like f- five times. His shrine to the High Republic. Yes, it's and like, we collectors call that goals. Here's my out of print copy. Here's my Goldsboro copy. Here's my uh, regular retail copy. Sometimes here's my Target copy. Oh my Anyways, those that are not those that are not 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 fans look at that and be like, 
what a waste. Those of us that are, they're like, man, how did he get that up there? That looks amazing. I wish <laughs> not I not necessarily fans though, because I think you can definitely be, yeah, a, you can be fan a fan and not want to collect that. all of them. But I think a, a fan that is a collector, obsessive fan, <laughs> yeah, a fa- obsessive, maybe a completionist. You know, any one of those descriptors. <laughs> well, yeah. we if, if we are anything here at, here at Utini, we are enablers of of collectors. So if you need somebody to help convince you to collect something, uh. Go to our Discord. Well, we will we will definitely help you. So, all right, let's go ahead and get into a quick break, and then when we come back, we are going to be talking about the High Republic uh, Adventures Volume Two. So we'll be right back. All right, we are back tonight, and uh, as I we said at the top of the show, tonight's roundtable is discussing High Republic Adventures Volume Two, um, the Eclectic Edition. Um, that's, 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 that's kind of what we're calling it. Uh, this, this, this nice little, uh, has the free comic book day, uh, cover, uh, or issue on the cover. Um, and that, uh, so, so as a, as a reminder as to what all is in this, uh, we have free comic book day issue issues six, seven, and eight and the annual um, and, and while all of these were written by Daniel Jose Older and the penciler was Harvey, uh, Tolabau and Tony, uh, Tony Bruno, uh, the colorist was Rebecca Nalti and the cover artist was Nick Brokenshire. Um, these issues were released as early as I was looking it up. Uh, issue six was released July 21st, 2021, oh, but wow. this this actual collection was actually just published uh, February 22nd of 2022. So there was a, a nice long gap in between some of the earlier issues and when this collection actually uh, was, 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 was printed. Um, so we're going to do what we always do here. We're going to go ahead and, and give our initial ratings and then we'll get into this, the, the, the subject of, of each of the, the books. And I am going to start uh let's start with jacob this time i don't think we we i don't think we normally start with jacob so i want i want him to go first this This is this is a lot of pressure because we we talked ahead of time and um so the story itself is great i like i you know i i i've said a lot how i really enjoy the series as a whole and all the characters and the story that's told and everything uh this book suffers from the fact that the trade paperback is not well edit it's not it's not well the, the issues don't make sense together it's a little bit of a cluster so you have free comic book day which is a pretty short story that is very it overlaps a lot with um race crash point tower if you read the book you're like and you then you read this comic you're like this doesn't add a ton to the experience if not then it's cool it's great and it's a great way to introduce ram for people that haven't read that book into the comic series uh but then you have six through eight which six and seven are a whole story but then eight's kind of the start of a story and then you have the annual which is great on its own and just you know i can go anywhere but just like the collection of these issues is not my favorite um so it's so like you know it you know this like general section uh, of the uh of the series i still enjoy like if you took out eight or took out eight or maybe added nine to like there there are ways they could have i think made this a better uh trade but if i'm just grading the trade i would probably have to go like six and a half which is very low for the show 
Yes. Um, but I think you are getting, you are the precursor to, to what, how a lot of us are feeling. Um, because I agree with everything you said. Uh, I enjoyed almost all of these stories um, equally. I don't think there was a low point. I think some of them are better than others, but I don't think there's a real low point uh, for any of these. Um, and I also kind of forgot these. I read these issues so long ago that I didn't realize until I was rereading this for in, in prep for the show that all of the characters that were in in, in Midnight Horizon got their own comic. And, and, and that would have been very helpful for me um, as I was reading that book. Um, so between the timing of, of when these, these issues were released and, and when we're getting this collection and the fact that as a norm, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, trade paperbacks are kind of sort of viewed as a, a collect, they're, they're, they're collected for a reason. And there really wasn't a really good reason for this group of stories to be put together other than the fact that they were just all high, you know, high Republic adventures. So my score is also going to kind of reflect that, and in and I'm I'm going to give my 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 initial score as a seven point Emma, I've got you next in 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 the rundown here. What what are what what's your score? Okay, yeah, I mean, you guys took the words right out of my mouth. Um, what I'm about to say literally hurts my soul, but it's it has zero to do with the quality of the story. Like, the stories were great. We just needed a little bit more cushion between them. We needed some, you know, we needed nine added and one of them removed or something. I, I don't know. It needed something. And, you know, these stories, they did not make sense together. I think the free comic book day could have been left out of it. And I, I definitely think we should not have started right in the middle of an arc at the towards the end there with eight. Um, again, this has zero to do with the quality of the stories. The characters are great. The writing is great. The art is great. Um, if this was better organized, this would easily be a nine, nine and a half for me, but I've got to give it a seven. It's it, it's not organized well enough. If you're just reading the trades, you're going to be completely lost. And also you're going to be left on a cliffhanger. And as of what we know right now, they're not publishing any more trades of this, leaving you right in the middle of an arc. So I think um, I think it could have been done better, but... Once again, I'll reiterate, nothing to do with the story. All the artists and creators, writers behind it did a fantastic job. It's just a, an organizational issue for me. Yeah, yeah. the hard part is like, you know, if I was a parent, I'd probably not, you know, if I'm a parent buying a, like my six-year-old these comics, I'm probably not buying them single issues. I'm probably buying them trade paperbacks. It's like here, exactly. this like you like you can beat this up a little harder than a single issue comic and it's going to be okay. Uh, it's cheaper for me. Uh, I don't think a kid, I don't know how, you know, Tyler's a dad, so he can probably uh, say a little bit more about this, but like, I don't, you know, it depends on your kid, but they might not have the patience to wait month to month for like the next part of the story. Right. You know, I think it works a lot better to give them a trade paperback. It's like, here, you can read this, you know, it's like a little book. Uh, and the fact that right now we don't know if that story's ever getting completed is kind of, it's kind of hard. You know, it's, that's, I never really thought about it that way. I, Mason loved a, the the first the, the 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 trade paperback number one. I mean, that's why we had him on the show because uh, you, you know it was it's it's his audience. Um, and while he hasn't picked up these individual issues, I do have another a a, a Marvel uh, title that I have on my pull list for him. Um, and that's four issues in, and he hasn't read two of them. 
Um, and, and it's, it's exactly what you, what you said, Jacob. And, and it's something that I didn't even think about It's because we go, they, he goes a month, he goes a month in between them and they're loose leaves. And so he tosses them on his desk, his desk is a mess. They get lost under the bed. It's, it's, you know, so he doesn't, whereas this book that, you know, a trade paperback, you know, a book is, is heavier duty. It doesn't get lost as easy. Um, but that's, uh, you, you make an excellent point about i don't think i mean i i, I haven't I haven't given this one to mason because i just actually picked it up last week um i don't think i it, i will have to get back to you on that and and let him read this and see what he what just just what he feels just enough just he and i will talk about it all off off air and just kind of maybe get get a, a real summarization for it because that's a very interesting point and it's, it'll be interesting to see what he thinks um uh, because i i think you're right i think you get confused yeah Caleb, like let's let, oh, yeah, oh, go yeah go ahead I was like, I was, cause like, you know, we talked about like, oh, they could have reorganized it a little better. Like I was kind of like wanted to look again and remind myself where the story arc breaks lie. So six and seven is its own story arc. Mm-hmm. Eight yes. through 10 is its own story arc. Oh. 11 is the rumble race. So it's like a one shot basically. And then 12 and 13 are a story arc. And then you also have on top of that, you have free comic book day, the annual and the galactic bake off special. So like. I don't know. It's kind of hard. Like you could do like probably it, it's just like IDW does such small trades. Like the, oh, I think the best way yeah. to probably do it would have been free comic book day and then six through 10, but that's huge for them. Yeah. Um, it's, so. it's tough because if you wait too long on the free comic book day, then it's like way past the timeline. Right. And yeah, I think you have is, to put it in there difficult. to introduce Ram to the people that don't read the book. But that's, yeah. that's, that is also true. I mean, you know, it's not you know it's i guess it's easy for us to like sit here and complain about it right but like in a like business sense and in an you know just a practical sense it's just it is difficult you know if if like one arc was like one issue shorter it would have been perfect but you mm-hmm. don't want to place story constraints on your creators like that you know because then i think that would produce rushed stories yeah totally. so Let's get Kayla. What 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 are your thoughts? Yeah, let's, I was let's, about let's to say. I was, I was about to say like crap. Are we? Uh, yes, I. Seven point five. Um, okay. All of your arguments are still the same. I'm reminded of of the High Republic Volume Two, the Marvel run. We talked yes. about this when we did that roundtable of how it was the end of one story arc and the beginning of the other one. But at least it was one story arc was ending and a new one was starting with the exact same characters. We're kind of changing main characters halfway through this again. Each one of these stories is great. The content is really solid. I think I'll give it a little higher bump here than than you guys because, like, the uh, annual was amazing. I really love the annual. And you kind of, unfortunately, it does kind of, if it was in, like, volume one, it would have been great. It would have been amazing to have all those extra stories. But all that disjointedness and um, art changes and writer changes and things like that really added to the um disjointed feeling that we're all experiencing here all right well let's go ahead and get into the actual summaries of these books because uh yeah there's a lot of stories there's a lot of characters uh there's lots of things going on so uh buckle up because this is this is going to be an adventure uh pun intended so So, Jacob, why don't you go ahead and start us off with uh, the free comic book day issue? Right. So we start on Lonisa City in Ve- on Velo, and uh, Padawans, Ram, and Lula are along with Zine, uh, and they're coming to the aftermath of the attack on the Republic Fair by the Nihil. They're doing their best to try and rescue the survivors and 
fight off the Nihil there, and uh, they look up in the sky and see Ty Yorick flying on a sandball uh, against the airborne Nihil and their droids. Uh, seeing her up there having some difficulty with the droids, Ram hops on his flying gonk droid V-18 uh, to take them out and help her. And he uses his unique force powers uh, to, uh, you know, tune into the technology of the scav droids and uh, reprogram them to uh, uh, go off of Ty and uh, help her out, saving many civilians in the process. Yeah, so we move from the Free Comic Book Day issue into issue six, which was actually published before the Free Comic Book Day issue, but it's, uh, it's not a huge deal here. Uh, so we start off with uh, the Jedi Padawans, Farzala and Court, joining Master Obratuk. I realized I should have practiced saying that before. Obratuk. <laughs> That's hard to say. Uh, you, were, you were right the first time. Okay, okay, cool. I was second-guessing myself. All right. Yeah, they join uh, Master Obratuk on a mission to formalize treaties with the Huts. This ties into the storyline in the Marvel High Republic series with Avar and the Huts fighting off the Drengir. Uh, and to accomplish this secretive task, they hire the vessel crew, uh, with uh, Afi and Geode and Leox Jossi. And once they arrive at Nalhutta, Master Obratuk is in the middle of a deep sleep, almost like a hibernation. Uh, so Farzala and Leox head out to perform the negotiation negotiations themselves. Uh, not aggressively, but, you know, regular negotiations. <laughs> uh, no sooner have they made contact with Scar- Scarabda the Hut. Why do they have to be so difficult? <laughs> Scarabda the Hut. When a, when a band of armed thugs board the vessel, fire on the conference, and flee to space. So it looks like the vessel crew has fired on the negotiations. Now Court, Affy, and Geode are stuck on the ship with dangerous men looking for them. And Farzala and Leox are imprisoned by the huts. We move on to issue seven. This is the last part of this kind of two-part arc. Uh, Farzala is imprisoned and feels alone in the force, thinking back to the lesson Master Obertuk taught him about fear, he finds the power to attempt an escape. Meanwhile, on the vessel, Affy and Court begin their counterattack against the shipjackers who reveal they are under Jabba's order to sabotage the treaty talks. Aided by the timely waking of Master Obertuk and Farzala, befriend some uh, local wildlife. The heroes uh, reveal Jabba's treachery, and the day is won. And that leads us into issue eight, which is, a, like we've said, the beginning of a completely new new arc where we have a happy reunion as Farzala, Court, Lula, and Zine all meet up on the Starlight Citadel for the first time in months. Uh, and there they meet uh, Ram and they meet um, the new one of, uh, what's his, what, I just lost his name. It's um, like Ishnar Scar, or something like that. Yeah, Ishnar's, yeah. Scar, Scarbata the Hutt's like, um, security I, I don't chief, wanna, chief yeah. muscle security. there you go uh where they, he is they have also joined uh on starlight to to kind of hang out with each other for lack of a better term meanwhile crix has risen through the ranks of the nigh hill and serves directly under the eye following orders he leads an attack on the jedi temple on takadana and then to attack the pirate queen maz kanada uh, the, Padawan, the Padawans are coming to grips with the changes taking place across the galaxy with the death of Loden Greatstorm and the cruel death and destruction brought on by the Nile Hill Raiders. They know what they have to do. They need to stop Crix. Meanwhile, uh, back on Takadana, Jedi Master Sav Malagan uh, single-handedly dispatches most of the Nihil fighters, which causes Crix to retreat. He returns to their hidden base and raises a much larger force uh, where he is 
hell-bent on destroying uh, the Jedi, and that is where issue eight ends. Okay, so... I'll just do a brief summary of the first annual. Uh, we The first uh, one in the volume was Set for Life by Charles Soule and Sam Beck. Uh, this one follows Masters Loden and Padawan Zedifar as they learn a harsh lesson about the value of life. Uh, next up is No Stone Unturned by Claudia Gray, Jason Liu, and Megan Huang. Uh, the crew of the vessel show that it's best to learn from local customs and not steal from local customs. Next up is The First Mission by Justina Ireland and Yale Nathan. Uh, this is the story of Vernestra Rowe's first meeting with Stellan Geos, uncovering some hut treachery along with some fine dining. Crash and the Crew Do What They Do by Daniel Jose Older and Jesse Lomergan. Uh, this one follows Crash and her core sec unit as they try to keep the Chancellor Lena so safe during her visit visit to Corellia from a Nihil spy drone. Really, really great art and uh, panel layout in this one. And lastly, The Hall by Kevin Scott and Stefano Simawan. Uh, a Nihil force led by Lorna D break into a safe, hoping to strike a fortune, but they find Porter Engel, Jedi Master, Blade of Mordata, and Cook, who easily captures and overwhelms the entire force, leading all but Lorna to run, only Lorna to run away. Not all but Lorna. She's the only one who can make it out. And that is the five stories of the annual number one. <laughs> I do have to say, I, 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 for, I always forget that I love that these stories are geared towards kids because every single one of those issues in the annual has some sort of meaning and, and like moral behind it, but it's, yeah. it's not, and it doesn't beat you over the head, but I, and, but I love, right. Exactly. Like I loved, uh, I, I loved that. I loved that how, how all of these stories have that little moral story there uh, without, without it being too much. Cause we don't get that in the, you know, well, we get in a little bit of a deeper level when it comes to the, yeah. mar the the traditional Marvel stuff. So I just wanted to throw that out there. That it's 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 really it's really nice to see that to see, to see that stuff uh, yeah. in 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 the stores. Yeah, if if Aesop's Fables had Star Wars characters, I really would have liked third grade English a whole lot more. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they should they should teach this in elementary school. I mean, that would make it so much more fun. Yeah, like, give, I, give I mean, them this. We learn then, the same lessons in here. Yeah, give them this and the myths and fables because those are all yeah, just like you know yeah. More Right. moral stories exactly let's let's make learning the, these morals uh, a little bit more fun you know Corey, exactly. I, have an, I have an idea for you to make some money hold on <laughs> <laughs> like we can get into publishing here come on what can like, we call listen, that you teeny dot morals <laughs> <laughs> like you know, they have an entire uh they did an entire um uh, William Shakespeare play version of the Star Wars versions right. why can't we do the Aesop fable version? yeah we're, we're, that's a, that's a, Excellent point. We're getting into the curriculum exactly. planning business now, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my college roommate took an entire literal college class about the Harry Potter books. So I think it's high time we got Star Wars as an actual, like, you know, college credit somewhere. Oh, for sure. Let's oh, do I'm it. Sure I'm sure they're out there. Oh, yeah. I, I actually right, know that uh, this is like a really weird anecdote, but uh, there is a college out there that teaches a course on the Kardashians. So why can't we have Star Wars? <sighs> I don't know. That's Star Wars, Star Wars I, needs I, to work I, harder, I, I think. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to. Go. So I have a really funny joke, but I can't say it right now. I'll tell you later. 
Uh, join us after the show for Eugenie Unrated, where we get yeah. really spicy. Thought Corey drunk was a problem. Oh boy! All right, so let's talk about some actual. Uh, let's get a little bit more into the details here. Again, um, just a little peek behind the scenes. You know, there's a lot of characters here, so I just picked out the ones that I thought were the most interesting. I felt like we could get some meat on the bones. So the first one is Farzala Tarabel of the kind of protagonist of the first two uh, major uh, issues here. Kind of star of this first arc. Uh, how do we like seeing him grown up? Like he was kind of a, a deutagonist, kind of a side, you know, a supporting character in the first volume. How did we feel seeing him essentially step into his own literally and figuratively during this, uh, this arc here? Yeah, I, I really liked it. I think I remember talking in, in uh, the uh, first roundtable we did about how him and, like, I mean, I, I've always loved Court just because he's Court, but, like, Farzala, I just didn't have a good gauge for, and I definitely appreciated these issues to, like, really flesh that character out for me. Uh, it's cool, like, you know, we kind of talked about earlier how, like, it, it's teach these comics teach kids a moral lesson, but we also see, I think it's a good... Uh, vehicle to like show kids that you know that it's okay to have doubts and in, in, in internal issues like you know we had uh lula in the first arc kind of talking about how she you know wasn't sure if she was ready for this mission has like some imposter syndrome and then now you have uh farzala with his own issues and you know him, him dealing have having to deal with fear and, and being afraid of the situation and having to overcome that uh, so yeah, you know, I, I I really appreciated getting to know this character a little bit more. You know, we got Lula a lot in the first Lula and Zine in the first like five issues, and we get some uh, some uh, Farzala, and then after this, we'll get a lot more Court. Uh, so yeah, good good stuff. Yeah, I totally think... agree. I think um, you know, I think I was always interested in Farzala in the you know from the first few issues, but he never really got a chance to, to shine, and this was his chance to shine and even though this series is you know really for the most part lula and zine's series it still very much is here but but we get to see farzala kind of come into his own and really feel like a big part of the crew because it really felt like just lula and zine were the, were the big players here for a while but now you really feel like they're starting to come together getting to be friends more and and just maturing and and kind of learning how to I don't know, work as a Jedi, work with each other and, and kind of, you know, learn their limits and stuff. So, yeah. Exactly. I, I, I think oh. Farzala is underused. And I yes. think Farzala and Leox are the two coolest looking uh, characters in this entire, at least in this collection. Uh, um, hey, you, love, don't, you don't have to do that to my boy Geode like that. I mean, come on. He's... <laughs> He is rock solid from the looks department. Look. Jacob, Jacob, you're going here. You're, you're you're nearing a line here. <laughs> We've been there, like like like. Geo, can we put Geo to the side, please? Yes. Like like, the I mean, are fun. He he dominates the conversation if we don't do that. So we will. Yes, Jacob, stop. <laughs> We're not going to have a repeat of the living force. Let's just say getting awfully close. Geode's time has <laughs> he's had his time to shine. Now we need to focus on the other character. Mm -hmm. This is a family. This is a family friendly uh, roundtable. Uh, so, Since yes. when? It's it's a it's a kids comic. Oh, that's true. true. We, sh we should that's probably keep this. Very, that's actually very true. I was about to say something about keeping it above the belt, but we already do with our camera angle. So. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. So I did have a uh, a. 
while you were talking, I did have did uh, have a uh, moment I wanted to talk about. When he's in prison, he has a flashback to his teacher, to his master, talking about fear and how that's not necessarily like fear is the like the enemy. Like fear is the only thing you should be running away from and not trying to tackle or not trying to get into. And that's a story that's often you know that's told a lot of like you know how better to be to be better and like really conquer fear. But it's nice seeing that from a Jedi in talking a lot more uh, empathetically about that you know the jet did that seem stand out to at all to you guys or was that just me like you know liking liking good jedi teaching you know every now and again i mean i'm i'm down for good jedi teaching like i i did love that moment and i also liked his reflect you know this is like related to that as well i liked his reflection on the teachings from that like holodrama that they watched as a kid i thought that was really cool yeah. because it shows to kids that like you it, you know it teaches another great lesson that you don't just have to learn things from your teachers or real life people like you can draw inspiration from media and maybe that's just like my like adult brain kind of like drawing that theme to it but um also just a really quick side note was that jedi supposed to look a lot like daniel jose older <laughs> Thank you. you know, I okay. thought the same thing, <laughs> but I was like, I, I, that's, that's probably just me. I wasn't going to bring no, it up. No, okay. But yes, I absolutely Good. thought that that looked like him as well. So I've been waiting to bring it up. Tall Boda. Yeah. It's not, it's, oh. it's not, it's not like a weird, like changing of yeah, the letters not, for Daniel. Anything like, like that. <laughs> It's, right. It's, yeah. It's well, because not... I was staring at the name for a long time, I was like, "How does this spell DJO?" Yeah. So it's not like uh, <laughs> would like Lissa Vots or whatever, or, uh, or Crash uh, Crash, Crash Angua. Angua, or there's there's a, there's a Pablo Hidalgo one in there somewhere where he's like a Jedi architect. I can't remember what the the name is for that one, but yeah. Yeah. This Mart Matten. This <laughs> store. This this little fable reminded me a lot of the Vernestra Rowe lesson from yeah. Race to Crash One Tower. Yep. Was it Race to Crash One Tower? Is that, that where she was talking about loss? Yes. Or yes. or yep. yes. attachment. Yeah. Yes. That that was a lot more drawn out, even in the few pages that we got compared to this where we literally got what, like 15 words. But it had had the same meaning to me and it had the same power that you can't I, I just I thought it was the best I thought it was the best lesson in the entire book okay. of you are going to have fear, but it is the overcoming of fear and the facing of fear head on that makes a Jedi powerful. That is such a powerful story or powerful message um, that I, I I absolutely loved it. And I and I and I just it, it brought me back to that Vernestra Rowe. Uh, lesson that, that that we had earlier in the in, in the High Republic. Now remember, Tyler, you did say it was only like fifteen or so, like speech bubbles or words. But remember, a picture's worth a thousand of those. Oh, absolutely. So that's you absolutely. know significantly more you know by weight that way. All right, one last point I want to talk about with Farsala, and that was when he was partnered up with my personal favorite character, Leox Jossie. Like when we first saw the two of them going off, like, oh, we'll we'll be able to do this negotiation. No problem. Like, was that initial like when you read it, if you can't think that far back, did you feel like, oh, boy, they're going to mess this up? Or did you think that their partnership wound up bringing out the best in each other? I definitely thought they were going to mess it up. But at the same <laughs> time, I was like, 
they might mess it up, but it's going to be interesting to see how. Like, you know, it's kind of, it also reminded me of something that like Han Solo would do. Like, mm. you know, in the heat of the moment, trying to think of something to like not blow his cover or whatever. Like it, it felt very goofy, but not in a bad way. And I really liked it because it, it added some some levity not that it needed levity or anything but it added levity in a not corny way so i think it was good <laughs> exactly i mean it already is kind of a han and, and luke dynamic of like the young idealistic yeah. you know kid essentially in the old space like wizened uh space uh spacer who's been around the block a few times right. you know it's like i will say like you know leox is kind of uh, you know he's a bit corny at times but like in all the in all the books, he, he at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, he definitely like you know is there for the people he cares about, and right. like you know he gets the job done. Like you know he'll do what has to be done. It, it similar to Han Solo, you know he's kind of you know he's a scoundrel until he's you know he's pushed to have to do the right thing, and then he will. Exactly. I think my favorite. Just talking about the books here, but I think my favorite leox moment is it in and out of the shadows when towards like the the big res- resolution like the space station's being attacked and affy's gone and probably being captured by someone he like literally takes all his like peace you know beads and like bells and all whistles and like puts it aside it's like okay and picks up his gun like i'm gonna go get her now it's such like a powerful of like i'm putting down my, my trappings of peace and love and i'm picking up a gun because it's time to do the deed that needs to get done like what at that mobile new ooh Leox, you're gonna be my uh you're gonna be my uh, totem here. Okay. All right. So let's move on to another character here. Uh seem someone we didn't get as much uh characterization because she didn't show up too much, but Zine Mirla, uh essentially Zine. She's become much more entangled with the Jedi now. Um as good as this has been for her character development and mentality, um, just kind of a meta question here. Do you think joining up with the Jedi is really a good idea during this exact moment of uh, Star Wars time history? Um, I don't think it's a good idea for the Jedi as a whole. I do think it's a good idea for her personally, but like obviously there comes attachment with that. And I think that's, like bad for Lula in a sense, but at the same time, I think it's good for her. Like, you know, Jedi, you know, we need to stop, you know, you know, saying that attachment's bad and all that stuff. So I, I think that it's it's definitely good for her because she was suppressing her force abilities. I can't imagine that's very healthy. It's kind of like when you like hold in sadness for too long and then it just like comes out in a bad way. Like it, it's it's probably the same with the force. Like you hold it back too long. It's, it's like a sneeze that you hold in and it hurts. So, you know, I think, uh, I think it's good for her just generally. It's so hard to talk about this without spoiling Midnight Horizon at this point because we know, I know so much more. It's like, I know. Yeah, it does have some I, effects like, yeah. on her. Uh-huh. Yes. I, I like her for her. I, I think it's, it's, it benefits her to be around the Jedi. I don't get, this is a bigger question, bigger comment. I don't get why the Jedi let her hang around. Like Agreed. If, if like, it just, it doesn't make sense. Like if she has force powers and you're going to let her hang around, then just teach her. If you're not going to teach her, then let her go. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it from, from a concept. I, I, it's great for her and, and to, to see the, the examples that, uh, that Lula and, and, and all of these other Padawans can be for her. I think it is, it's awesome for her. But I just I don't I don't get it from a concept standpoint personally. Exactly. So 
Um, any other characters that we want to touch on real quick before I start moving into some discussion questions? There's a lot of characters. So if you have like a specific one we want to dig into, speak now. Iron Court was really good, but I think it's overshadowed by the fact that we've read the next several issues and those are yeah. very court yeah. heavy. And I feel the same I way also... about I feel the same way about Crix. Like I'd love to talk about him, but he kind of come I, I'd rather say uh, we we might not we might not ever get. I'd rather save the discussion about him until we get these until we talk about these the, the, the next few issues. So I mean I, my, I just want to make a, a go, go ahead. ahead. Go. I just want to make a, a quick comment that, um, you know, we were introduced to Ram like in the comics area, at least in this uh, in this volume. And mm. I thought that his introduction was well done because it was mildly familiar in that it was taking place during Race to Crash One Tower and the Rising Storm. Um, but at the same time, we also got a little bit more insight into how he was feeling like he, he felt like a little bit of an outsider uh, with the the Jedi group, he felt like they kind of had not a clique because that kind of has negative connotations, but, you know, their own kind of group that he was just joining and kind of crashing the party. And then we also see how that affects Zine because she's not the newbie anymore. And uh, I thought that that whole dynamic was really interesting. And Ram in general is also a, a super interesting character. And, you know, I, I wish that we got to see more of him like in general, like I'm talking about like big picture view, like the entire thing. I wish we got to see more of him, but I'm glad that we at least got to see him like visualized in the comics medium. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, my my, my favorite uh, my favorite character that uh, we should talk about just a little bit is Ten Kate, which is Crash's droid. Yes, that serves her, that serves her calf. That's all. That's all I got. <laughs> I mean, it, yes. I I also okay. wish I had a droid uh, like assistant to serve me coffee whenever I need it. Definitely make my it's life like a lot easier. <laughs> And he was like that droid in, uh, in Visions that served the tea. Yes. Yeah. I think it was the Ronin one. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he provides you coffee and it's, hey, you're making a fool of yourself again. You told me to tell you to stop it. <laughs> so, yes, that, that, that would be, those are two very important things that you need a droid for. Yeah. A, uh, a, a espresso machine on a uh, Roomba chassis. Got it. Like DJ Roomba, but, you know, barista <laughs> oh Roomba. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about a little bit more uh, questions. We mentioned him a little bit, but they, uh, you know, growing up, they had, I guess, you know, in Jedi kindergarten, when the teacher was out sick or had a hangover, he just put on a couple of movies, and these, their favorite movies and hollows were of Jedi Master Talbota. Uh, you did talk about DJO. AKA yeah. DJO. Do you think we'll see more of him in volume two? He definitely seemed like he was a much more older and archaic since they talked about him fighting off Sith but you know that might just be artistic license do you think yeah. we'll see him in phase what is two what is DGO responsible for in phase two uh, as of right now he's writing a a higher public adventures graphic novel for Dark Horse oh absolutely then See, like, my, if, if, yeah, I, I don't, I, I, you know, when we, when phase two first got announced, there's a lot of people like, oh, I remember this thing that was like a long time ago in the higher public that's probably come up or this thing or this thing. And Talbot, I remember was one of them. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, you know, why else would they like, you know, make sense for them to plant the seed here. But I hadn't read it in a while and having gone back and read this recently, like, I'm like, okay, well now I'm not really sure because yeah, he's fought Sith it says he it literally says from before the time of the higher republic so you'd think like old republic so i my current thought is we won't see him in person i i could buy seeing a holocron of him but i don't think we will like okay. get a in present time story about him 
I I agree. I think we'll see him like referenced like in the early, like the black and white hollows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to me, I kind of read this as he was like a completely fictional character. Like that's just kind of how I envisioned well. it. Like, yeah, you know how, like, you know, we have fictional characters based on like based on real events, but <laughs> that doesn't mean that like the person was actually real. I um, think, I, no, I think no, that the Leo idea Charles of like a nonfiction hollow. Leia oh, he's absolutely Star Wars Matthew McConaughey. There yeah. is no. Well, no, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of, of course. But I'm saying like, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a good example, but it's not coming to me right now. Like, you know, when like a famous person plays a real person, but the story mm-hmm. is like definitely not how it happened in real life. I feel like that's kind of what this is. <laughs> I, you know, I feel like it could be that. I feel like it could be a Blackbeard sort of thing. Like, you know, Blackbeard, the pirate was a real pirate, but like he is now a significantly larger cultural touchstone yeah. than as he ever was as a mortal man. Like he's, his legend has grown to such a point and people are, because he's into creative commons, you can make whatever blackboard beard story you want. And it kind of fits. I I do think, find it fascinating that we, I, I, we, again, we go from a time where we have potentially fictional stories about Jedi all the way up to the, the the time of the empire and not only are there not any stories but they're erased from the greater galaxy's lexicon of knowledge like i i just i find that gamut extremely interesting and i and i really hope that 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 we we see more of that because to see the complete opposite end of that spectrum uh from from what we know in the empire that the, the the time of the empire is i think it would be really cool to see how they're the jedi are romanticized about and fantasized about uh in a way that is completely opposite of what we're, we're used to seeing them. your your comment just made me think of the last issue of crimson rain and how good that was talking about that whole issue I, yes that, yeah. that's i i i thought that it, it had been referenced yeah i was like yeah, I was like, that's that was a thing recently in comics. And I'm trying to remember what it was, but yeah, it was, it was Crimson Rain. I've also, yeah, I've also read like five like back issues of trade paperback, so that's why I wasn't sure exactly where I was getting that reference from. I just knew it was from something recent. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I think that that's it's it's a really cool dichotomy of seeing the the the, the two ends of the spectrum there. Absolutely. So to shift gears here a little bit, let's do a quick lightning round. Out of the annual stories, there's remember there are five of them. Which one was your favorite? Uh, Emma, go ahead. Oh gosh, you're putting me on the spot. Um, I, I have to say, like, I really liked Claudia Gray's. I, I think it was just funny enough, but also had a really good lesson, but wasn't preachy. It had a good mix of everything, and I think the characters were great. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Claudia's. Perfect. Um, all right, who's next? Uh, Jacob, sure. Uh, I, you know, I will say on Emma's note, it does show Geo being a party animal. He is dancing in the last <laughs> panel. So, uh, but it's no, I, I think, ooh, I think I'm gonna go with um, Justina Ireland, who I wrote, believe wrote the Vern and Stellan Geos one. Yes, yeah. yeah. first mission. Almost just based on the fact That's that those are my like some of my favorite High Republic characters, like. Uh, in in the entirety of the initiative so i'm gonna go with that one i wish i said that one i think i was too rushed to remember it even happened so. <laughs> I, I was going back and forth between that one and crash and the crew um yeah. because i again i would have loved to realize that this book story was around when i was reading midnight horizon because there were a lot of characters in midnight horizon 
and it was hard for me to get an image of, but it was a great prequel prologue, I guess you could say, to uh, Midnight Horizon. So that would be my yeah. favorite. All right, and that will leave that one to me. So I think I will pick Crash and the Crew Do What They Do by Daniel Jose Older. Again, I think I'm the only person here who has not yet read Midnight Horizon. I'm waiting a little bit. You can kind of use it as like a bridge piece between the, the last bit of the High Republic that I'll read and when the new stuff comes out in October. So maybe next month or so I'll read it. I'll do my best to remember to reread this little uh, story here. But the artwork is amazing. It reminded me of like, like uh like the magazines i would get as a kid just some really nice you know you know kind of warm artwork and the uh panel layout was just fantastic so that would be my pick would be uh the daniel jose older one yeah i mean the fact that we all mostly have different answers is a testament to how great all of these were like it, it's hard it's hard to pick you know good ones so they're they're all really good and honestly i hope we see more of this type of thing with uh you know, I think they've had great success with like short stories in the Star Wars Insider magazines with a variety of authors. I hope we get more of this kind of collaborative stuff with just tossing together all the authors and seeing what we can come up with. I think it's great. Now, totally. now here's another quick thing about the uh, the annual. Now, the annual did a great job because it didn't introduce you to like 20 characters who are all important throughout the whole series here if you someone was just now getting started in the high republic like they hadn't read anything but just said oh i really want to would you say the annual is a good jumping in point to have like hey you can help visualize these characters so when you see load and great store or Fernesta row you have this image to go with them do you think that this could be a really good jumping on point just i'm not talking volume two but specifically the annual number one yeah, I mean, do you mean like to the higher public in general? Yes. No. Yeah, I think it. I, I mean, Ooh, I think okay. some uh, some uh, of them. I think some of them, not all of them. I think, um, uh, I think that the Claudia Gray story might give away a little bit too much about uh, Afi Leox and Geode's journey. Um, however, I think that the Bell and Loden story is a great intro to their dynamic. Uh, again, if you're like reading this, you know, prior to everything that happens. Um, and I, th I think the crash one might be a little bit too soon in the events of things to, to really get a good jumping off point. Uh, I think the Nile story is great. Um, I so I definitely think that most of them could work as a good jumping off point, but I'm really interested to hear what Jacob has to say the contrary. So, yeah, I mean, like, I, I will say, I think you, if you, if you, you know, if it's nice that it's short, but gives you like a large purview of what's happening in the galaxy. Um, I think you can read it, you know, like just like not even thinking about like chronological order because obviously it doesn't work that way. Um, I think you can read it way earlier uh, than, um, you know, than, than it, when it like came out in release order. Uh, but I still think you kind of I, I don't think there's a way of getting around reading Light of the Jedi. Um I think it's just so foundational to understanding the galaxy at this point um, that you re and like it sets up so much like, you know, it gives us Porter and uh, and uh, Bell and Loden and uh, not really Stellan that much. Like there's so many like but there's so many characters that it. I think these since they're all like, you know, short stories it doesn't give you a lot of time to get a feel for them. Like, I think it, you, it really relies on you having some background knowledge of these characters and not having read anything before this, I think it's just, 
it's too much of a struggle. Uh, I, I, you know, I think, I, I, yeah, I would say you can probably read it per, like, I could, I could see you reading this, like, pre-phase two. Like, if you just, like, you know, read Light of the Jedi, maybe you did a, tra- a, a test of courage or Into the Dark, um, then, you know, I think that makes sense, but I don't think you can read it the first thing and really uh, be yeah. served well. I can, I can kind of get behind that. You know, I mean, I think, I, I also think it kind of depends on what type of person you are. Like, if you, if you yeah. need to see the characters before you read anything at all, I think that this is this can be mildly helpful to you. But if you're the type of person that gets really confused and then really stressed out that you're missing something, then probably not. So I can definitely, I can definitely see both sides. Right. I'm, I, I'm on, I'm on Jacob's side here. I, I, so I looked it up. This annual came out December fifteenth, twenty twenty one. So that's the t- just before phase three. Right, wave three, whatever it Correct. is. Last yeah, it's like it's like two weeks before Fallen Star came out. I do not think this is a good jumping off point for all of the High Republic. I think there's too many characters, too short of stories to really get a firm grasp. I think you lose the story, the the the, the trees amongst forests. There, I do think it's a great kickoff to phase two, to wave two, mm-hmm. whatever the heck it is. I think that the, I think that as you kind of know who these people are and you get introduced to this new group of people, I think that's, I think that's a good time to, 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 to put this in. So like Jacob said earlier than, than when it was released, but, but still you need to have some, some foundation before you get into this. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's all the discussion questions we might have time for today, but let's go into the final rating. So let me uh, pull back up here for you. Start with Jacob last time. So uh, have you changed your score at all? You had a 6.5. I think I have. I'm a, you know, it, as as is tradition, I'll go up a little bit. I will I will bump up to the 7.0. Um, you know, I, I again, like we said at the beginning, the stories themselves, the quality of the writing, and the quality of the art are still great. I think it's just the the biggest um, issue is just how they're organized in this trade paperback uh, what really is moving it up for me um, is the annual is partially the annual. I think the stories in that are great. And for I mean, my enjoyment that does stem from my reading a lot of other stuff like I enjoy Vernestra because I've read lots of books about her. I enjoy um, Crash because I read Midnight Horizon. Like, like, I don't think I would, you know, the, in a vacuum, it's not it's still good in a vacuum, but it's better with all that context. But then also in addition to my enjoyment of the annual, even though eight's kind of its own weird things, issue six and seven by themselves are a pretty good story that's self-contained. And it really, my appreciation for Farzala uh, has been uh, reinvigorated by our conversation. So I, I, I think I'll go up to the seven for that. Perfect. So that puts you on a side with Tyler, unless you want to change your score. <sighs> this is tough. Like, if this was six, seven in the annual, I'd probably be giving this like a nine. Um, but the free comic book day, kicking it off, having eight in there. And I can't ignore the fact that there is the potential that we're not going to get a, a, a volume three. It's really hard to... I, like Jacob, only like to do like half, like 
even points and half points. I uh, so if 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 I was giving it, I I bump it up from like a seven to it was like a seven two if I really wanted to. But I can't. I don't think I can bump this up to a seven five. I think a seven is a nice place to 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 have it. The stories as an in, individually are great. Um, I think it really speaks to 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 the audience. But it's also something that we have to you know keep mentioning. We as twenty and thirty year olds are not the intended audience here. Um, but it's just it's 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 a hot mess when it comes to continuity and just telling a story from front cover to back cover. And and I so I think I got to leave it as a seven. Okay, Emma, you were we're all can tied here with seven. Are you keeping that? Uh, I'm gonna bump it up a tiny bit. I do work in tenths of a point, uh, just you know, based on my uh, you know experience with our review team here. So I'm gonna bump it up to a seven point two. Um, I think, you know, after our discussion, especially about Farzala, I feel like I appreciate it a bit more. Um, again, you know, I won't rehash it like, like, uh, you know, we've talked about it a lot, but, you know, just organizational issues is really my main thing. And, you know, the content was still great. If we were rating these issues, like by themselves, I think that, uh, by themselves or in an arc, even, uh, I think we would be giving them, you know, higher scores by a bit. And, um, yeah, I mean, overall, it was enjoyable. These characters, uh, you know, I hope that we see more of them in the future, whatever their futures may hold, because, uh, you know, every time we, you know, read the Higher Public Adventures or even go back to reread them for, for shows like this, uh, I, I still get more and more interested about what their stories are going to be like and and where they're going to end up, where, where their stories are going to end. So uh, I'm really interested in, in seeing, you know, where we go. I hope that we get to talk about these characters again you know who knows uh, this literally might be the last time that we talk about them if we don't get another volume or if we don't pick up their story in phase three so uh here's hoping that we get to talk about them again absolutely so uh that leaves me with my previous score of 7.5 uh to break slightly with tradition i don't think i'll be raising my score i think i'll stick at a 7.5 which still puts me above the rest of my uh, cohorts here. But essentially, again, the story, it's great. Uh, the artwork, it's great. But if I were to say, oh, you need to go out and buy an issue or a uh, or specifically a uh, trade paperback of any of the Star Wars comics we've talked about before, this would be at a very lower tier of the list of what you should be spending your money on. It's still good, but just... If you're paying for the trade paperback where it's all compiled in a nice, easy to read package, that's not what you're getting here. Uh, if you could get a bundle with this one, volume, you know, volume two, volume one, and eventually a hypothetical volume three, if you get all of them together, absolutely. It's all worth the money if you can get the whole series together. But just a volume two by itself doesn't, it kind of wobbles at its knees when it's trying to stand alone. All right, let's go ahead and uh, wrap up our roundtable discussion here uh, in a nice UTD tradition with uh, Jacob's Easter eggs. Uh, he's got a couple of good ones in here. So, Jacob, uh, we'll, we'll, let's turn this over to you. Yeah, not too many. Um, I mean, like we were talking about this pre-show, like most higher public references are to other higher public things. And unless it's like some like super deep cut, like something in a short story, I'm not going to tell you that, you know, hey, load and great storms in Light of the Jedi. Um, but anyways, uh, so they go to negotiate with the huts on Bilbosa, on which is a city in Nalhutta, and the city first appears in the short story titled uh, Hut and Seek, which was part of Tales of the New Republic in Legends. 
uh, one of the galactic data file pages, which are pretty cool. They're like, you know, they just kind of explain little things about the universe, show some of the hut worlds. Uh, one of them was Vodrin, uh, which appeared first in the Legends novel Rebellion. And uh, same goes for uh, the planet Clatooine, which was on there as well. It's not uh, the uh, home world of the Platoonians. Platoon Platoonians, thank you. We yeah. might be there too. I don't know. It might be. Uh, anyways. Uh, and uh, then we also see Gracchus the Hutt, uh, who is uh, featured in the Poe Dameron comic series quite a bit, but he's also in Star Wars 2015 and the Darth Maul miniseries. Uh, is that the Jacked Hutt, or am I thinking of a different one? No, that's nope. Boku. Uh, Gracchus is okay, the one with, okay, ro- okay. with robot legs. Oh, that's right. Okay. Like, they right. are both ripped. They're probably gym buddies. Maybe they spot each other. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> so this last one, I'm going to see if I can get this to work real quickly. I didn't like plan ahead, but... Um, yeah, okay, I got it. So, um, this last one is the most wild. So, the Nihil, uh, like, Crix, you know, retreats after he attempts to attack um, Takodana, and he goes to Dolhar Hyde, um, which is a planet, I think it's mentioned in Midnight Horizon as well, um, or issues 12 and 13 of the comics, something like that. But anyways, it's a forest planet where the Nihil have a little outpost. Mm-hmm. That was mentioned. I did not know this, realize this until uh, I, I just, you know, put the notes together. Uh, in Doctor Afro twenty twenty, in the oh, engine, yeah. in the engine job. Oh my god! Story I right. remember this. They I go to this. they go to uh, this planet to uh, try and track down a Nihil path drive for Domina, and that is the same one. So they're like, oh, it's this, you know, like all these uh, Nihil ships are crashed and wrecked everywhere, and it is. Uh, where Crix had his, or yeah, Crix had his little outpost. So that is wild. Thought that was cool. <laughs> I I knew it sounded familiar from something. <laughs> I just couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, I did not notice that the first one, time around. And, and then the last one is Vernestra's mission in the annual was to Hynestia, uh, which was first mentioned in Justina Ireland's uh, junior reader Lando's Luck. Hmm. Ah, at first, I was worried you were gonna say. Um, what is it? Resistance? Uh, nope. Rise right. of the Resistance or Resistance Reborn? No, it's her ju- junior one. Is it called Rise of the Resistance? Oh no, that's that's the ride, isn't it? That's what, okay, that's what, I, that's what yeah, I thought. Yeah, that's the ride. I don't know. Okay, her her junior reader about Ray and the crew. At first, I was worried that you were going to say it was from that book because there's been so many Easter eggs popping up in the higher public from that book, and I'm a huge fan of that book. And so far, I've caught every one of them. So the spark of I the was resistance glad you didn't say it was that one. Book. Spark of the resistance. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, I just said I was a huge fan of the book. I should know the title, but <laughs> <laughs> like you can see the you can see the uh, the cover, right? You like it's the one yeah, with the, the red, red one with yeah. red with Ray on it. It, exactly, it, exactly. It's like Emma, it was mentioned in Spark of the Resistance. Stop it. No. Yeah, I, Are you kidding me? Yes. Stop. No, I'm not. I'm I like, had this like when you said Hynestia, I had this like gut feeling in my bones that like that it showed up there for some reason. I'm so ashamed. Is that where the whole book took place? Uh no, it just says mentioned only, so I doubt it. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, okay. All right. I feel a little less ashamed about it. But this is the first one I've missed from uh from Stark of the Resistance, so Arn. All right. I, I caught Thank Glenn you again, though, so there's that. <laughs> Jacob for, for, for finding these 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 awesome Easter eggs. Uh before we get out uh this week, Emma, what do we have on tap for our show next week as well as our sister shows? Yeah, so uh Quick little scroll, scroll here. Uh, next week, 
my ClickUp just crashed. Uh, I got, wait, hold on. Okay. Yeah. okay. Oh, wait, no, it just it just came okay, back. We're back. Hang on. All right, we are back. Um, So for next week, oh, oh it's a very special show <laughs> next week. Uh, it is our one-year anniversary next week, uh, episode 49. Uh, so who knows what we're going to be discussing. We might be taking a walk down memory lane. Um, it is extremely wild that it's been a year already. And uh, I can't wait to celebrate it with you guys. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and then tomorrow on uh, on Legends Look Back, um, <laughs> <laughs> this is funny, collecting some shiitake, the wild worlds of collecting. And uh, our very own Jacob is going to be joining the Legends Look Back crew. Um, and yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, Jacob, avid collector, so it's going to be great. And uh, yeah, and then on on the Living Force, uh, Jared is going to be on there. You would you would almost think that we're doing our little crossover event, but we're not. I promise. Um, they're going to be talking about uh, the Essential Legends collection uh, because we are getting a fresh new batch of those. Uh, I, I believe uh, April fifth, if my brain is remembering yeah, correctly. April, so April fifth is when, when like a, a good fifth. number of books drop. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there, there's a fair number of them. So Jared's going to be getting everybody up to speed on that. And he wrote a great article on that as well. So definitely check that out. Uh, I believe Kenobi is one of them, um, which is perfect timing. You guys definitely pick that up. So yeah, that is what's coming up on YouTube and what you can be expecting from us. All right. Well, I think that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Cosmic Force. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show right here on YouTube, where you can hear us live every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. And we also encourage you to subscribe to our audio version on whatever podcast platform you are listening to. You can also follow us on Twitter and tweet at the show at Cosmic Force Show to stay informed about all the Star Wars comics happenings. Or you can follow the host individually. I'm at Ty Rags. Emma is at Irma Jedi 26. Caleb is at Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob is at Jacob. Of Bosch. For reviews, articles, and news for the rest of the expanded universe, be sure to visit utd.com. And we also encourage you to join our UTD Discord community by going to utd.com slash discord. And you can also help support the show by heading to patreon.com slash utini and start receiving exclusive perks starting at just $5 a month. A special thank you to OKNDAR, Brian Dooley, RLQ, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, as well as Matt Bellington, Elizabeth Cloutier, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. Thank you again to Emma, Caleb, and Jacob for hosting with me tonight. Thank you to all of you who joined us live in the chat. And a special thank you to our listeners for joining us wherever and whenever you are. We truly appreciate you. We hope to see everybody again next week. But until then, may the Force be with you. 